This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. October 7th, 1960. In marked contrast to their first televised debate a week and a half earlier, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon take the gloves off and throw haymakers at each other. In my judgment, that statement has been distorted uh, by Mr. Nixon and others. I think Senator Kennedy is wrong on three counts. The presidential debates are being held in television studios with a panel of reporters asking questions and no live audience. This one was held at WRC-TV in Washington, The first one had been staged at WBBM in Chicago on September 26th. That one had been the first presidential debate in American history. The famous Lincoln-Douglas debates a century earlier, that was a Senate race. Most of the mythology of the Kennedy-Nixon debates came from that first one. Kennedy, the Democratic nominee, looking hale and hearty, tanned, rested, and young. Nixon, the sitting vice president and the Republican nominee, at 47, just four years older than Kennedy, looking gaunt and pale with a thick five o'clock shadow. Kennedy looking directly into the camera as he answered questions. Nixon looking to the side. He was looking at the reporter who had asked the question he was answering, but it made him look shifty. This was a guy who was already known as Tricky Dick. The story goes that people who watched that debate on TV thought Kennedy trounced Nixon, while people who listened on the radio thought Nixon won. There's no good evidence that that was true, but it's a good story, and Kennedy really did look better. Nixon had injured his knee on the campaign trail, and he'd spent some time in the hospital where he'd lost some weight. He also had a touch of the flu, and the stubble was just always a problem for him. He once said that he could shave 30 seconds before he went on TV and he'd still look like he had a beard. For all that, there wasn't a lot of substance to that first debate. They kind of went easy on each other. This time, though, they dug in. They argued about the U-2 spy plane incident. In May, the Soviet Union had shot down a U.S. reconnaissance plane in Soviet airspace. The USSR called the flight a hostile act by the U.S., and the incident caused a planned summit conference to be canceled. The pilot, Francis Gary Powers, had been sentenced to a 10-year prison term by the Soviet Union. He would be exchanged for a Soviet spy two years later. Kennedy had said that he would have expressed regret to Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev if that would have salvaged the summit. He said that was the diplomatic norm for when countries get caught encroaching on each other's airspace, which happened quite a bit. He cited examples of the Eisenhower administration expressing regrets for flights over Cuba, Russia, and East Germany. And the same for the Soviets and the Chinese doing it in the U.S. And in my judgment, if the summit was useful, if it would have brought us closer to peace, that rather than the lie that we told, which has been criticized by all responsible people afterwards, it would have been far better for us to follow the common diplomatic procedure of expressing regrets and then try to move on. The United States is a strong country. Whenever we do anything that's wrong, we can express regrets. 
But when the President of the United States is doing something that's right, something that is for the purpose of defending the security of this country against surprise attack, he can never express regrets or apologize to anybody, including Mr. Khrushchev. This was the main event, the Cold War, which was really hot at the time. The Soviets had notched a victory in the space race by launching Sputnik into orbit in 1957. Cuba had fallen into the Soviet sphere when Fidel Castro's movement overthrew American-backed Fulgencio Bautista at the end of 1958. Domestically, America was deeply divided over desegregation. There would be four debates between Nixon and Kennedy, and they would change how America chooses its president. And even though there wouldn't be any more televised debates until 1976, they've been a regular feature of presidential campaign season since then. But the Nixon-Kennedy debates, especially Nixon's stumble in that first one, made it clear that the relatively new medium of television would be central to presidential campaigns. Kennedy beat Nixon that November, and how candidates came across on the small screen would become increasingly important they would have to be marketed to that audience, just like any other product. A classic book by journalist Joe McGinnis details the first successful packaging of a presidential nominee. It's called The Selling of the President, and it's about the 1968 campaign of Richard Nixon. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your center.